Work-life balance in equine practice can appear tricky to achieve. I'm Angela Jones, I'm a newly elected Beaver Council member. Join Lucy and I when we chat about my career pathway and how I finally found a way to make work work for me, while still being true to my vet self, my mum self, and most importantly, authentically myself. and welcome to another episode of Beaver Pod Life and we've got with us today Angela Jones, one of our new council members. Hi Angela. Hi Lucy. Thanks for coming today. So Angela works with Equicall and with Flexi which is the Flexible Working Consultancy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your very interesting career that you're having right now. So I am a equine vet I am a mum of two, so I have two little monkeys. Dougie is four and Aurora is two, and they are busy. Um, I am also, I work for Equicore, like Lucy said, so I work out of hours, um, which I found bizarrely freeing, actually. So I've always been in clinical um, equine practice, um, and I've sort of, if you'd asked me maybe a year ago what the problem with my job was, I would have told you on call without a shadow of a doubt. I would have said that on call was the biggest struggle in my and I'm sure you would agree Lucy you've been there and it's it's really hard to juggle but um but yeah turning the problem on its head has been bizarrely freeing so I graduated in 2009 and went straight into an internship then I did seven years in a um in an ambulatory practice in the home counties I did my medicine certificate um I was the clinical lead at one of the clinics there I managed the police contract which I loved my babies um and then it was I moved to the Cotswold in 2016 and took a um an ambulatory job in a species specific department of a larger um mixed practice i suppose so a mixed group um which i loved um but then as my sort of like demands changed with family so i had a baby and then we had another one and covid and everything it wasn't really fitting what i needed and i wasn't really getting the progression that i wanted in the time frame that i was happy with and so after Aurora's um, arrival, incidentally, that was in the front seat of a moving car. Hilarious. <laughs> I know. That's another story for another day. We didn't make it to hospital. She was born um, outside Bath Racecourse. Um, <laughs> but we, um, when I went back to work or looked at going back to work, what the, what I was doing before wasn't going to work for me. So it was um, three days and full out of hours, so a one in four. And it was quite quite demanding out of hours, I suppose, um, rotor. So I handed in my notice and I started working for Equicall in January um, on a part-time basis. And I love it, actually. It's been, it's been really, like I said, really freeing. Um, and, and yeah, and then Sylvia and I with, with Flexi met um, vet working, which is very, very 2020, very COVID. So it was an online networking event set up by Katie Ford. And we sort of chatted and, um, and we said we'd do something and she, we'd been in touch. I didn't have time or had another baby or whatever was going on. And then she contacted me in January and said, have you got some time? And I was like, well, yeah, I do actually. I now work, I'm free during the day. And so I do, um, content clinical, I'm not clinical content, sorry, social media content and blogging and webinars and things for her um alongside my equicore stuff so that's me (laughs) that's really it's really interesting so you've done quite a lot of of, of, you know unusual career moves haven't you and I think that's that's quite inspiring to see that you've just you've just gone with the flow and made it work and when it's not worked you've adjusted and uh 
that seems to be the secret to trying to achieve a happy career alongside all the pulls and pushes of life. I think um, so. So what, what, um, what brought you to join council? You obviously were interested in, in trying to do things and, and what was it that attracted you to apply for council? So I think I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I didn't have the capacity to do it. So um, it's something that I've been interested in, sort of like getting a a broader picture of the profession. And I think I've said to you before, I don't think I really fully understood understood the, the massive um, amount of things that Beaver does. And I think this has given me a much better understanding of it. Um, and getting down to like the, you know, the fine details of it as well. It's, it's quite, um, yeah, quite, quite fun. Um, so, so yeah, that's what I really wanted to do. And I just felt that as a person, as a, a busy mum of two and finding that I couldn't make my job work, I wanted to see how we could make work work for more people. So with a feminising profession, I thought I was quite representative of a lot of people in the same boat. And you see, you know, so many posts of like, how, how do people make this work? How do people juggle childcare and work commitments and life commitments? And how do you sort of amalgamate them for that magical sort of work-life balance in the middle? Um, but, you know, I got to the point where I was very nearly leaving the profession and to find something that worked for me. I've been, I've been so happy to sort of keep that identity that I have. And I hold so strongly as, as a vet. Um, I didn't want to lose it, but um, I needed to find a way that it worked for me. Excellent. And and yeah, you went forward with the elections and, and got onto council, which is fabulous. <laughs> so which committees do you sit on for council? So I'm currently on the careers committee, um, which was fun. We had our first meeting a couple of weeks ago, which I loved. Um, I'm on the clinical committee as well as a clinical vet. I think um, I hope I can bring a lot to the table there. Um, and then I'm also on two subgroups, the women's group and the sustainability working groups, which um, are a lot of fun, actually, and an extra, um, yeah, an extra string to my bow, I hope, or something else I can bring to the table. Cool. And um, and what projects have you got involved in? I gather you're involved with Leg Up. Yeah, I am. I started my coaching training, um, which I'm I'm really enjoying. Actually, Um, it's it's something that I've never really thought about doing before. Um, But I I I think as as vets, we need to try and promote young vets coming into equine practice so it seems to be a fairly unpopular choice at the moment and I'd love to make it cool again um so just trying to find a way to um to sort of inspire vet school students into at least trying or dipping their toe into equine work and you never know you might like it that sort of uh, approach to things and and trying to because if you can see it you can be it can't you so um I'm really I'm really enjoying those sides of it yeah, I've, I'm obviously doing the coaching with you, as you know. Um, yeah. And it is, it's quite enlightening, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Just going through the process. I think, you know, becoming a coach can be as valuable as the coaching is to the recipient, I think, isn't it? So that's yeah. been quite a nice eye-opener and mind-opener as well, I think, I think process. Um, so very I think Joe oh, um, <laughs> isn't really enjoying being coached at home. I think he's a bit <laughs> bored about, how does that make you feel? I think he's getting a bit bored of being <laughs> coached at home. He's your guinea pig, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's chief piggy. <laughs> um, and the flexible working stuff. So you're helping because of your role in Flexi. You, you're obviously got quite a lot of knowledge in that area. You're helping Beaver with some of those aspects and resources as well, aren't you? 
Yeah, so I'm hoping to try and set up um, some flexible working guidelines specifically for equine professionals. Um, So we have a lovely HR consultant that works with us at Flexi, who I call my HR guru. So I draw up all kinds of plans and dreams and things. And Sarah tells me whether we can or cannot do them. So um, she's really, really helpful. Um, So, yeah, that's something that we're hoping to get in place in the in the new year. I think it'll be great. And the other thing I'm helping with is the maternity packages as part of the largest sort of parenting and um, pregnancy project. Um, you might have seen a, the Vet Mums post that we had. I think you commented actually um, recently, which had really good response rate, trying to get a, um, a measure of all the different maternity packages and, well, not maternity, maternity and paternity packages that are available um, as equine vets and get a, get a list together and see what's out there and what we could do better. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's so valuable, isn't it? Is trying to share experiences, so you know ev- people know what goes on elsewhere in the industry because yeah. it's you know it can be very much a bubble in your own world or your own practice, can't it? And and it's important to keep those communication paths open so we all know what's going on elsewhere, and that helps share ideas apart from anything else, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, what other things do you feel like um, you're hoping to sort of achieve or see from your time on Beaver? Um, what are you excited about? Things like that. Oh, all sorts of things. Um, lots of I'm excited about lunch always. Um, but I'm also excited about um, like I said, making work work for as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, we're hemorrhaging vets at the moment, and I'd love to find a way to um retain really valuable and experienced members of staff. Um, and I think that's that's crucial and then on the recruitment side working out how we can inspire younger vets to come into um to the equine veterinary um sphere um and how as equine vets we can make them feel welcome and make them really want to do it um and i think it's quite a unique position one-on-one in the car with someone you know you can either um completely put them off or completely inspire them to have a fulfilling career i think you're in a really um influential position yeah, and that's certainly been talked about. We've had a few students that we've podcasted with, and um, and that's very much a, a pattern that's emerging, is particularly because of equine EMS being that one-to-one in the car, as you say, as opposed to a small animal clinic where you'd yeah. be with all the vets and all the nurses throughout the day. You do get that very much N equals one experience, and um, how that vet feels about their own career will have a huge impact on potentially how that student's going to come away from that placement. So we must remember we're in a position of privilege really in sharing our experiences, but we must remember to give a balanced view, mustn't we? When we're when we're with students, we might be having a bad run. <laughs> but it's yeah. not all bad. No. Um, and I guess yeah. that's the point. Equine practice is very varied. So whilst one person might not have a great experience in equine practice, there are other pathways, other career you know, options within equine that can be suitable for somebody and might suit the individual um it's exploring those and and knowing what you want I think and that's probably something like sounds like you've been very good at grasping is what you need what you want and how to redress the balance um I was going to say I think when I was trying to find out what I wanted and trying to address the balance I'm not really sure I knew exactly what I wanted at that time and it's sort of um sort of what do I want to do do I still want to be a vet do I not want to be a vet and I decided that I definitely did still want to do clinical veterinary practice um and it's like going through it 
rather than like, what do I want to do? Like this massive question trying to ask yourself much smaller bite-sized questions of what makes you happy? What part of your jobs do you like? What part of your job do you not like? And trying to change what you do in a more piecemeal way rather than um, rather than trying to change everything all at once, um, which I was guilty of initially. I was like, right, I don't want to do this. What else can I do? And changing careers almost rather than just changing the part of my career that I didn't like. And what I didn't like was the balance that I had or lack of balance that I had in the career progression. And I sort of found that I don't need to be necessarily a director in a practice to feel fulfilled. I just need to use a part of my brain and be true to another another part of me that wasn't getting any, any airtime in my previous role. Um, and then I'm satisfied in different ways, if that makes sense. So almost like a sideways move um, instead of that sort of, I think we're all, we have it all ingrained that in order to be successful as a vet, you have to become a director or a partner or, you know, or writing peer reviewed articles. And I think there are other ways to be satisfied within your career that aren't necessarily that historical end goal of partnership or directorship. Um, and I found, yeah, I think I found happiness in other ways by using other skills. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you made there, actually, because we do tend to look at others for how to measure success, whereas actually we all need to look a bit more inwardly, don't we, about how to measure our own internal success and then looking at what makes us happy rather than what we believe looks like success that someone else may not feel successful, even though they appear to be. <laughs> so Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a definition that's hard to, it's hard, hard to get your head around, isn't it? Is what, what is success to you as a person? Totally. And the same with flexible working, because flexible working is something different to everybody and asking yourself, what does it mean to me? What do I need in order to feel like I have flexibility? Um, and, and that's very, very different to everyone. So some people that's condensed hours, some people that's part time, some people that's out of hours only, but that's individuals. So um, so address, you know, saying I want to work flexibly, but thinking to yourself how and what would work, what would work for me um, is a really, I think, a really important question. So, yeah, I think it's success is different. Flexibility is different to everyone. And it might be different today to what you thought a year ago, and it will definitely be different again next year. So um, just evolving with your life commitments and um, and job commitments, um, and rather than being um, quite so measured about them and quite so definite about them, they're, they're fluid processes. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. And and going back to your um experiences of out of hours work and going to Equicore, I'm yeah. really I'm really keen to pick your brains about that before of we course. have to wrap up because I think you're right. I think the out of hours is kind of demonized, isn't it? And mm. people often think, Oh, it's the worst bit of the job. I hate it, it takes me away from my family or my dinner and my friends and my hobbies. How have you reframed that to find that you actually enjoy the out of hours? And as you've said to me in the past, it's it's kind of you love it. You're just loving yeah. doing it out of hours only. Yeah, totally. And I'm re- and I'm really enjoying it. I think um, the biggest thing for doing solely out of hours that is that you're fairly remunerated for it. So I think out of hours in the past, um, I know when I've negotiated going back to work and how much they valued out of hours at, I felt like the cost to me as a person was much higher than the value that they'd offered to pay for it. So you'd want to be like, well, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do a one in four for. I don't know, for example, £5,000 a year, like that's, that's madness. I'd rather have all my weekends and not have £5,000 actually. Um, whereas with Equicall, they're paying you a proper salary for your time. So I don't feel you have that resentment 
that you're doing it for very little money. I feel like your time is is really well valued. Um, the other thing, full disclosure, I only do it part time. So, but part time for Equicall is one week in four. So, essentially, I don't do any more out of hours than I did in clinical practice when I was in in a, a three day a week role. But in I do them all condensed into one week, which from a family perspective I find much easier to manage. Um, so Joe works in London um, and that week he doesn't go to London, but the rest of the time he can go as much as he wants. He can fill his boots. And so that's how we've managed to to work our, our sort of family life around it. And any any amount of on-call you might miss. And if you're a mum, bedtimes. I love bedtime, although um, it can be both a blessing and a curse. It's something that's quite precious. And I will occasionally miss a bedtime, but it's not every day. And then I know at the end of the week... Um, I can turn my phone off. So the big thing for me as well is having that separation of work and life. And the children know that when mummy's working, she might not be there for bedtime because there's a poorly pony that might need some medicine. And I will go and see said poorly pony and they understand that. But then during the week, I don't have a client being like, oh, can you can you just come and see me? You know, will you just, would you mind? Can you fit me in on a day where I have the children? Because my... um my life at work and life with my family are very, very separate. So we don't have that client continuity, which in lots of ways is a shame, but I do have, yeah, I do have two discrete entities. I do have work and life and I can keep them separate, which I know you would have found in equine practice is really tricky to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really inspiring. And actually, I've said this to you before, I think I might give Echo Call a ring. Out of hours work as <laughs> being such a good, good, a good choice. And it does yeah. sound, you know, it does sound like a positive move and it's and it suits you and your life and your family, family well. So who knows? The tables might be turning. There might be a <laughs> go to yoga together in the day, Lucy. We love it. <laughs> I know you have people flooding to do the app hours now. I know you're always you're always in managing your your own life and managing to do things like yoga and those bits and bobs that keep you sane, which obviously is as you know a struggle if you're doing daytime work as well. So yeah. it sounds like a no brainer. Sounds great. I'm also very lucky that the children still go to nursery. So I, um, when I'm doing my flexi work or um, work for Beaver or um, or yoga, um, I'm lucky that we're able to still send the children to nursery on those days. So I, I am able to have that headspace. Um, so I, f- I, f- I feel like I'm, g- I'm still getting the, the best of both worlds. I'm not missing out on them um, too much because I'm, they're still at home with me um, quite a lot of the time. But um that those days at nursery allow me to explore other avenues within um, within the veterinary industry that I wouldn't be able to explore working in the way I did previously. Oh, this has been such a lovely chat, Angela. <laughs> and, um, and I hope that people listening have, you know, either been inspired or got some ideas or, you know, depending on where they are in their careers, they can see that there are options to be malleable and movable and you know, make things work for you. And if things aren't working, then, you know, it's okay to consider a change to make it work better for you as an individual. Thanks so much, Lucy. It was lots of fun. Thank you. Thanks for coming. And we'll be speaking to you again, I'm sure, Angela. You've got us for the next three years. So (laughs) I'll be calling on you for more podcasts. (laughs) Very chatty. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.